coming Sunday is our last discipleship and uh, meal, buses in, and we're going to have our graduates from both high school and college that we want to recognize the second service. So we're looking forward to that. God is good, and uh, the Lord is a stronghold in the time of trouble. Now, tonight, turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 15. 1 Corinthians chapter 15, we finished with 14 about God is not the God of confusion. And we enter chapter 15, and I want to not try to cover the entire chapter, but I do want to um, do some teaching in this matter of uh, the doctrine of the resurrection. And what I want to do is kind of open up some other discussions. Um, that um, we tend to struggle with difficulty and uh, defining deeds, um, death, deliverance um, from the Word of God. And one of the things that's happening in Christendom today that's very, very disturbing is that um, God's Word Logos, God's word is the authority. When we talk about Bible centricity, that we have a Bible centric church, it doesn't mean we're perfect. It means we're trying to navigate as close as we can to the word of God. What does the word say? So anything that comes up, we go back to the word of God looking for what the Bible has to say. Isn't that right? So when we do that, we find many times that we are working against the wrong emotions. We're working against the wrong mentalities. We're working against the wrong tradition. So if somebody sins and uh, whatnot, the Bible says in Galatians 6, if a brother or sister be overtaken, and, and the key word is overtaken. It means you've been running from something, something's been chasing you, and it caught you and it overtook you. If a brother or sister be overtaken in a fault, here it is, you that are spiritual, restore. God didn't say crucify. God didn't say hang them high. God said restore. But he, he's talking to spiritual people. And, 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 and pneumaticos is the Greek word for spiritual. It means I have the mind of Christ. That's why I can restore somebody that has fallen. I don't have the mind of man. I don't have the mind of, of uh, you know, whatever society. I got the mind of Christ. So one of the things that the church is struggling with today is the fact that the Bible is no longer the authority. Now, I'm pausing purposely. The, uh, the, the, the Bible is no longer the authority and if the Bible is not the authority, then opinions, perspectives, and positions are. So what happens, and I'll, and I'll be dealing with this, what happens in a lukewarm environment is that every man did that which was right in his own eyes in the book of Judges, 350-year period of darkness. So we start to surmise whether we feel if something is right or wrong. And, and when the Word of God gives us the principles for living. Are you getting this? 
Now, let me tell you why this is so dangerous. And, and the Bible says no one scripture is of its own interpretation. This becomes dangerous because when the culture starts closing in on us, as it is, and when a culture is starting to advertise things that the culture um, is trying to get a mindset among men of situation ethics, that nothing is wrong within itself. There are no absolutes. Um, just look at this whole political arena. There's no absolutes. I can say something and I can, I can withdraw it. I can back it up. Listen, listen to this. Or if it's in written form, I can give redaction. You know what redaction is when you cross something out? Right? Are y'all with me? That means that their whole system of ethics is compromising. And, and, and so, one, one of the things that we're faced with about the Word of God, the Word of God, the Word of God, God's Word has given us, amen, clarity on everything. Everything. Principles, uh, uh, you know, the Holy Spirit, whatnot. And, it, and it's to the point now that if you preach truth, even in love, people don't want truth. They want, they, they want you to produce something that they agree with. And the problem with that is who going to hell because the piper is piping the wrong music. So, so, so one of the things that we're going to look at in this matter, let me, let, me, let me share this with you. And I want you to listen very carefully to Pastor. All right. Um. I remember vividly 1964, vividly. In 63, Marvin Gaye bought a record out, Can I Get a Witness? Hitchhike. I, I remember this vividly, vividly, vividly. 64 was not only the civil rights movement, 64 is when Cassius Clay became Muhammad Ali. Right? Malcolm X got Cassius Clay to join the Muslim. We, we know about all that. It was a mess in America. The 60s was a mess. Campus riots. Kent University students got killed. Uh, black Muslims, Black Panthers, Black Liberation Army. Uh, uh, protests. Uh, wars. It was a mess. Three assassinations in the 60s. Three. We, 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 so Sunday morning I come up, this Sunday, and personally, um, Muhammad Ali was always one of, he was my favorite boxer. He was it. Love him to death. Love him to death. Love all the cliches, you know, uh, you know, uh, butterfly bee, all that stuff. I'm so fast, I can turn the light out, and I'll be in bed before the light goes out and all that. I, I, you know, I, I can vividly remember all this stuff. Great stuff, great stuff. Um, and I saw this with Whitney Houston. 
I saw, I saw, listen, listen to the pastor now. Don't get upset. Every time a megastar dies, we automatically put them in heaven. I don't care what they was into, and we can't judge whether somebody's saved. Only God knows who's saved. Amen. Uh, Prince, Michael Jackson, every time in this church that somebody died, well, Pastor, we'll see him again. Excuse me. You know. And, and my point is, no, no, I, I, need, I, I need to be honest with you. As pastor, I could not make a statement Sunday giving people any kind of lead way that he's a professed Muslim. So how are you going to get him in heaven? You might want him to be in heaven unless he... Did the, you know, the Lord's prayer, I mean, unless he did the sinner's prayer on his way out, we don't know. That's why we can't judge who's going to be there. But the, the Bible talks about the fruit. And what I'm trying to get you to see is we cannot look at the word of God and start making exception clauses. We can't do it, Doc. We can't do it. I I, I, you know, I've been in, I've, I've been in National Baptist Convention for 20, 21 years. I'm a vice president. I know the history. Here's the history. The history in 64 was the convention split because under Jay Jackson, the president, who was a powerful preacher, he, he went up to Martin Luther King and said, Martin, we love you, but God ain't call us to save, God, God ain't call us to fight civil rights. God called us to save souls. The progressives went with Martin Luther King. The other one stayed put here. There, there was a split. Now, I don't know if you know that because we've been called spiritually to do this for God. Now, all them old boys grew up down south, and they were, you know, they witnessed all the lynchings and all that. So that was real to them. You understand what I'm trying to say? But now, if you ask me a question as pastor, uh, you know, whatever the case is, I got to give you what the Bible says. Not what, what you want to hear. Are y'all understand what Pastor's saying? I'm only saved by the grace of God. We, we understand that. I'm, I should be in hell. I'm only saved by the grace of God. But, I, I, but, but, but this thing about the scriptures, everything is hanging on the word of God. It's what Jesus said. Many will come to me in that day saying, Lord, Lord. And I'll tell them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you workers of iniquity. Be cast into the lake of fire. Jesus said that. We are. Uh, so we're in a culture that people want to justify the way they live, what they believe in, and then they want the church to reinforce without the preaching of the entire word of God, they want the church to reinforce what they feel. And we got pastors that'll put people in heaven, I don't care how they live. Remind me of the two rich brothers. They were billionaires, but they were wicked. And one brother died, and the other brother came to the pastor's church and said, look, uh, I, I will build the wing on to the church. I'll give you millions of dollars if you just say, that uh, uh, my brother was a good man. 
Pastor Sarkin said, everybody knows that you and your brother are wicked. He said, say it and I'll give you millions. So during, during the funeral, the pastor got up and said, this man in this casket, is he was evil, he was wicked, he was no good, but compared to his brother, he was a good man. <laughs> so, 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 uh, and, 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 and this goes, we supposed to be hush-hush about homosexuality. We, we shouldn't have none, no opinion about that. We should be hush-hush about this and hush-hush about that. And yeah, you shouldn't preach on that. You should, and, and, and the whole counsel of God, which is the word, Jesus said, God is not mocked. Paul said it, whatever, whatsoever man soweth, that's what he's going to read. And, and so when we look at this matter of the word, the word, I've had Jehovah Witnesses ask me to come to a funeral home because they will not come inside a church. I don't know if y'all know that. Most Jehovah's Witnesses won't come inside a church. Can you come to the funeral home and preach over my dead relative? I said, okay, you know what you're asking. <laughs> they, they, they go, I think every other word was Jesus. Um... They asked me up at Trenton State, uh, I, I got a call. Can you, the governor and his cabinet would love for Dr. Gordon to come and op have the opening prayer so we can uh, start our session with Congress. I said, you sure? Yeah. <laughs> Went home in the mirror and practiced the prayer. And by the time I got to the end of the prayer, I, 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 I kind of peeked and I was laughing and I didn't say, in the name of Jesus, amen. I said, and in the name that's above every name. And there's only one name. And, then, and I, I stayed on the word name for about five minutes, and all of them looked up and opened their eyes. They have not asked me back to Trenton yet. <laughs> so, so the fact of the matter is, is that, uh, uh, you know, we look at this thing on the Word of God, and, and if we're going to be honest, and, and, and this becomes a struggle. What does God say about marriage? What does God say about raising kids? What does God say about uh, your walk and your talk? What does God say about how to manage your money? What does God say? So a church that is etched in the unadulterated Word of God, the people are growing and they're getting stronger because, listen to pastor, Truth is the change agent. If you continue my word, you shall know the truth, and the truth shall set you what? Free. Truth is the change agent. We got history, we got habits, and yeah, we, we, we got this stuff operating inside of us uh, uh, on a lifetime basis, and, and, and hopefully we got hope. So in, just in my history, which is reflective, just in my history, there's a bunch of mess. And it's part of me. I keep, it's, when, when I say reflective, it has already deemed certain things in my emotions, my, my, my reasoning, my words, my, you know, all, all, uh, we got some historical stuff that the Holy Ghost want to come in and say, you know what, I want to deprogram this and reprogram it because this is not conducive to spiritual life. All of us got history. And our history is horrible. Our history is horrible. It is. It's horrible. 
It's when we live by one nature. Are y'all getting this? Now that we have the new nature, God wants to deprogram and he doesn't make the old nature disappear, but he does render it inoperative. He, un he just unplugs it so it cannot continually lead you in life. So just, and we need to take some time out and think about just our history. Look, look all through the Bible. Every biblical character had major history. Major. In fact, there's not too many good families in the Bible. You got a bunch of mess in the Bible. Abraham, Isaac, Jacob. You know, it just, these, these are things that when we look at our history, how much of the word of God plays a part in, in, this, in this historical context of mine, this history. We're going to try to dive in on that. The way I think is historical. It's from my exposure and experiences. And I don't have the same exposure and experiences that you have. That's why we think differently. We can look at the same thing and come up with a whole different equation. Isn't that right? So, uh, and, and, and then we move from the history to the problematic personal history to the problematic habits. We got some habits now. And, and God wants to transform and change the habits. All right? So, so part of this Christian life is Romans 8, 29, for whom he did foreknow, he also did predestinate to be conformed to the image of his son. This is the one thing we do know. If you truly save, the, the work of God is changing you. He's not leaving you to yourself. He's not letting you make all the decisions based on what you think and feel. The spirit of God who has inhabited the Christian, listen to me, the seed is on the inside and he's pushing buttons to, to transform us to the image of Christ. Now, it doesn't happen overnight. We know it's progressive. But let's check out this thing um, that we see here in um, 1 Corinthians 15. I want to deal with this matter of the word, the unchanging word. And um, I want to I deal with the fact that everything is hinged and hangs on the word of God. Well, Pastor Gordon, what do you think about this? Now, listen to this. Uh, I can say a lot of things, but my, whatever answer I give you ought to be verified in the word. Because only the word is truth. Right? So we have to learn that we are light in the midst of darkness and that the word of God is God's medicine, antidote, um, change agent, truth, to help metamorphosize. So, so if, I, if I study this Bible out the right way, I can catch a plane and go to Bermuda by myself. Yeah, by myself. I can, I can get a nice place by myself. I can, I, can, I, can, I can go out on the beach by myself. No wife, no kids, no church members. I'm by myself. But I'm there with the Holy Spirit. Are y'all getting me? And, and, and we can't duck and dodge the Spirit of God. So, so one of the things is that God permeates our being. God helps us to see things that we didn't see before, things we didn't feel before. 
And so one of the things that, uh, and, and, and that's why I try to be transparent, because I don't, I don't need you worshiping me. I'm a sinner, saved by grace. I don't need nobody worshiping me. I need you to know I'm weak, I'm wounded, I'm weary, I'm worn, and, and it's only by the grace of God that I'm even standing tonight. Okay, and, and, and so the thing is that as we grow together in grace, um, everything is hinging back on the word of God. So let's, let's, uh, let's dialogue. Let's talk about it. Let's talk about it. All right. So, you know, I love the temptations. Whether they in heaven or hell, I don't know. It was five of them. One might be there. Hello. You know, we, we got to stop this thing of justifying the greatness of man on earth. And that's why I was glad when Lightfoot and Tunstall, when they dealt with perilous times, you understand, and, and dealt with the climate in which we live. It's a climate of antichrist, it's a climate of a culture that's full of greed, a culture that's full of perversion. That's where we live. We, we, we live in the center of this culture. And, and and so let's let's kind of understand um, the times in you know which we live. And and I know there's some young people in this church that a pastor he always talking about the old days. He wants one. I don't want to go back there. I didn't like the mice trays with that metal in it that you that you had to wet with hot water and do that. I, I don't want to go there no more. I got a button on my refrigerator. Doc. I, I ain't fooling with that no more. How many of y'all know what I'm talking about? Or you come in the house and you got sisters and you get to the door and you open the door and you hear the, and you smell a smell of burning hair. They got a, they got an ironing comb on the stove and, and pulling that stuff through the hair. The whole, the whole house is fumigated. Yeah, three channels with no remote. I want to go back to that. I can sit away from my TV all night and just. So I'm I'm not trying to go back. I mean, you know, uh, and God and God forbid, we ain't had no air conditioning. We had a fan. And uh, nah, doc, I ain't going back there. So when your parents said you punished. That, that was like going to jail for 40 years. <laughs> the word, the word, the word. Let's, let's look at what Paul is saying here real quick. Moreover, verse 1 of chapter 15, brethren, so he's talking to Christians, right? I declare unto you the gospel, which every preacher ought to be preaching, good news, which I preached, Caruso is the Greek word, I declared, I preached unto you, God has used the foolishness of preaching to save man. So what are we preaching? Prosperity, what are we preaching? Politics, what are we preaching? No, we're preaching good news of Jesus Christ. We ought to be preaching the good news of Jesus Christ. See, and when you look at the Bible, then you can judge whether your church is in the will of God. 
Oh, y'all ain't getting this. You, you can look at the Bible and say, let me test the authenticity of the ministry of St. Matthew's by the word. There ought to be order. Titus, set the house in order. There ought to be praise. Right? First day of the week, 1 Corinthians 16, there ought to be an offering. Don't get me started up in here. All right? Uh, uh, you know, so one of the things that we're, we're looking at is that Paul is saying that he said, I preach unto you which ye have received and wherein ye stand, by which also ye are what? So being saved is connected with what he preached. Are y'all getting this? Uh, in order to be saved, it's got to be connected with the good news. What he preached, amen, uh, I preached unto you unless ye have believed in vain. So what he's doing in essence, and I want to get through this, the gospels, verse 1, the guarantees 2 and 3, by which also ye are saved, if, if you keep uh, in memory what I preached unto you, lest ye believe in vain, for I delivered unto you, verse 3, first of all, that which I also received. Now, don't miss that. I'm only preaching what I received. I'm not coming up with no new message, new way. I'm preaching what I received. Uh, how that Christ died for our sins. Now, let's stop substitutionary offering. The only way I can be saved is that I have accepted and I believe that Jesus took my place. He died for my sins. That's it. Not how many uh, 5K walks you made, not how many cakes you baked, uh, not how many communions you didn't miss. It, it's all predicated on belief in what we call the finished work of Christ. And, 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 and here's, here's, the, here's the crux of what I'm teaching tonight. He says he died for our sins. Here it is. According to the scriptures. The word scripture means Old Testament automatically. Scriptures never mean New Testament. Now, what is it we know about the Old Testament, New Testament, and, and I'll repeat this again, that the New Testament is in the Old Testament concealed. It's in there. Everything in the New Testament is in the Old Testament, but it's hidden. And, and the Old Testament is in the New Testament revealed. So Jesus, the mind blower, comes to the great doctors of the of the rabbinical law who know the law, the Mishnah and all that, and they start challenging Jesus from the strength of the scriptures. And they say, well, you know, Moses, and once you mentioned Moses, that, that was the idol. Moses said, and now what do you say? Hmm. So Jesus comes along in the Beatitudes, Matthew 5, and says, It has been said unto you this, but I say unto you this. In other words, you only had one angle of the word, 
But now I'm going to give you all the angles of the word. So Jesus is the revelatory light. What I'm bringing, Moses didn't bring. Why? Because he had information. Amen. He had information. He had, with no participation, listen, he had revelation without enlightenment. And, and, and that's why Jesus said, he said, and I love this parable, he said, if Sodom and Gomorrah heard what you heard, they would have repented a long time ago and sat cloth and ashes. Isn't that deep? And, 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 and so one of the things he, he says, Sol, he said, people came from around the world, the queen of the east traveled to see, to hear the wisdom of Solomon and behold, a greater than Solomon is here. Solomon was a backslider. So one of the things that we, we, we got to understand is that um, <clears throat> according to the scriptures, now I kind of wrote down this according to the scriptures, according to the scriptures and here, here are the scriptures, uh, Psalm 1610. Somebody turn to Psalm 1610. Just hold it. Somebody else turn to Daniel chapter 9, 26 and 27. Somebody turn to Hosea chapter 6, 2, all Old Testament. And somebody finally turn to Isaiah 53, 4 to 6. Now, whoever has Psalm 1610, stand and read that, please. Psalm 1610. That is directly in line with the resurrection. I'm on Jesus saying, you know, destroy this body in three days. I'm on a time, I'm on a time bomb. I'm getting up in three days. And, and, and three days denotes my body will not see corruption. Uh, it will not see, amen, uh, uh, a wearing away because they ain't going to be there that long. So that's 1610. All right, the next scripture. Who has the next scripture? Um, somebody stand up and read Daniel chapter 9, 26 and 27. Thank you, baby. Now, I, I don't want to spend no this, this is a numerical um, <clears throat> account of prophecy. Seventy prophetic weeks shall determine when the Jewish people will wake up and return to Christ. So, um, from the going away from the commandment of, of, of the book of Ezra, Ezra uh, to the cross is 69 weeks. When Jesus was on the cross, it was 69 prophetic weeks. All right? This is Daniel 9.24. It's 69 prophetic weeks. And what he's saying is, 
70 weeks is the consummation. It's the time of Jacob's trouble. It's, it's, it's the fulfillment of this prophecy. They only got to 69 weeks, and then God mysteriously called a divine time out and put Israel on one more week to come. And, and between the 69th and 70th week, he ushered in the church. The church has been going on for 2,000 years. So people say, well, when is the church age over? Nobody knows but God. When the last soul comes in, then the rapture takes place, then immediately, Revelation 6, the 70th week begins for seven years of tribulation. Tribulation, great tribulation, and then the 70 weeks of prophecy is fulfilled. Now, now, now this is me. This is me. In Bible college, you don't get the book of Daniel till your senior year, uh, along with the apocalypse and, and, and the other prophetic books. But when you begin to look at this, and I, and I want you to see this, when he says, according to the scriptures, the substitutionary offering of Jesus Christ, the justification, Romans 4.25, that we are now justified just as if we never sinned, the sanctification process works from Romans 5 through 8, where God is now changing and cleaning us up, and then chapter 8 alludes to a glorification through the power of the age of the Spirit. The, the Spirit is, the age of the Spirit in Romans 8 is the age when the Holy Spirit is superintending the church. Now listen to this. By the Spirit, we are justified. By the Spirit. And when, and when you read Romans chapter 8, you'll, 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 you'll start to see all this. But uh, what I'm trying to get you to see, Paul, in, 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 in dealing with this, this great doctrine of resurrection, and look what he says uh, in verse 4, and he was buried, amen, and he rose again, what? The third day according to what? The scriptures. My God. Well, what, what's in the scriptures that was dead and came back to life? Aaron's rod that budded. It, there, there are a lot of types, anti-types in the Old Testament where God is saying, according to the scriptures, according to the Old Testament, according to the Old Testament, and then he was seen, verse 5 of Peter, Cephas, then of the twelve, then over five hundred all at once, of whom the greater part is still with us today, but some are fallen. What? The word asleep does not mean soul sleep. It means, listen, listen, and, and, and this, this is a point of clarity again. You, man is a tripartite being made up of three departments, body, soul, and spirit. Body is world conscience. When we die, we are separated from the world. Your, your, your heart stops, your, your brain stops, your blood stops. That's, that's, that's the body. The soul is self-conscious, right? And, and then, and then the, the, second, the third conscience is, is God consciousness, but the soul is, is eternal. The soul cannot die. Now, if the soul cannot die, Dan, it means when you die physically, the soul got to go somewhere. Are y'all getting this? And, and, and it doesn't go to purgatory. 
What is purgatory? Well, it's a Catholicism doctrine that says I can go there and work off my sins and get right with God. I was watching The Sopranos one night. And the boy went and told the priest, he said, I ain't giving you no more money. I'm having dreams about demons. And I paid the church all this money. And I'm sitting there screaming. Yeah, I paid the church all this money. And you got demons up in my life. Are you kidding me? And then I was told in the dream it'll take me 500 years to work all this stuff off. <laughs> he done killed people. He done shot people. I said, boy, where is this coming from? The soul of the sinner shall die. To be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord, if you say it. It's appointed to men once to die, then the judgment. So when you go back to Luke 16, don't turn about Abraham's bosom. There was a rich man and a very, very poor man called Lazarus. And on earth, the rich man was prideful and did all this stuff, did what he wanted to do, lived the way he wanted to live. The poor man was begging for food and begging for water, and then both of them died. And one went this way into Abraham's bosom for the saved, and the other went to a place of torment. So the rich man is in torment, conscientious of his existence. And he cries out, can I go back and warn my brothers not to come here? And the angel said, no. You're locked into eternity. You ain't getting this. You know why y'all looking at me so strange? Because this stuff ain't preached. Your favorite TV preacher that you send money to won't teach this stuff. Just, just do this. Look, say, if I'm going to go to hell, I'm going to give Pastor Gordon my money. Just, 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 bring, just bring the money up in there. <laughs> so my point is, there's no soul sleep. Well, we're waiting in the grave to the great day. No, false doctrine. And, and when you look at Revelation 20, because I, I don't have time to pull all this up, Revelation 20 is the great white throne judgment. That's when after, after, the tribula after the tribulation, after Satan is destroyed, after the Antichrist and the false prophets are destroyed, Jesus starts the great white throne judgment. And here's what Jesus says, all right, open up the books, plural. One book is the book of life. And, any, and whoever's name was not found in the book of life was cast, where Greg, into the lake of fire. My God, today. So, so then there's the books of works. Some will be beaten with few stripes in hell. Some will be beaten with many stripes. So let's say I'm unsaved, but I was a giving person and a good person. God says, you're still going to hell because you rejected Jesus, but your punishment will be minimal to Reverend Jackson. <laughs> so so, so we, got, we, we got all that going on in hell. We got all that going on in hell. I, and and listen, listen, and I told this story before. Uh, uh, 
one of my aunt's friends, and I remember from the 50s, he, good man, worked hard. Um, you know, he was in the bar a lot, you know, he drank a lot. He was a good guy, didn't bother nobody. He would never go near church. I don't know what it was, never. If there was a funeral or whatever, he'd never go near church. On his deathbed, while the family was standing around him, he started screaming and said, my feet are hot. I'm, I'm, I'm hot. I'm hot. And people kept saying, it's freezing in here. The air is up. Now, I don't, I don't, I'm, I'm not suggesting that he had one foot in hell. Because I had one foot in hell when I was in the world. And y'all ain't got to laugh at me. Y'all had two feet in hell. Some, some of y'all had two feet in hell. But, but, but can't because this stuff ain't being preached no more. It's a joke. It's imaginary. It's imaginary. Had two boys in my 29 years died of AIDS. Two good boys. And, 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 uh, wow. One of them had a funeral here. The other one didn't want to have it here. They went in the Philly and had it. And I understand. The boy that had it here, I, I commended the family. Uh, I believe he was saved. He got into homosexuality. He got he caught AIDS. He's laying in the casket. And 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 that uh, Wilmington Mass had the whole church packed. I mean, they was back there, Doc. And, um, you know, I'm in the pulpit. I come out of my robe. This is years and years ago. And the church is packed. There's not a seat in the place. But there was a pastor here. David Evans, he said, he said, Raymond, don't be too hard. I almost cussed. I said, you must be out of your mind. I'm going to preach. I'm a, when I finished preaching, them folk back there was looking at me like this. Like I, I, and here's the first thing I said over his body. I said, I believe he's saved, but he just paid for his sin. Are y'all getting this? I don't give a kitty what you feel I should say. I don't care about what you think I should say. I'm preaching the word. I'm, I'm, I'm trying to save others. I, he's already dead. I'm trying to get others saved so they don't go to hell. And, 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 so, and, so, and, so, and so the fact of the matter is, is that we, we have this gospel of Jesus Christ. And I don't know how many pastors I heard on television, well, you know, the champ is in glory. Okay. And some of us don't like that. You know why we don't like it? Because we don't want to face the truth. We don't want to face the truth. We just got to tell the truth. You must be born again. It's simple. A, B, C. Admit, believe, and confess. You, you need Christ in your life. And if somebody's on their deathbed dying as a relative, you need to, you know, don't, don't go there remembering all the times y'all ate turkey and all that mess. You need to get up there and say, listen, your soul is on the line. You need Christ in your life. You need to be saved. Let me pray with you. Repeat after me. You, you need to do that. Why? Because the word cannot come back void. The word can't come back void. Now check it out. Uh, he was seen in the apostles, verse 8. Last he was seen in me, one out, born out of due time. 
That's because he was really the 13th apostle, Paul. For I'm the least of the apostles, and I'm not uh, uh, meet to be called an apostle because of persecuted, persecuting the church of God. Now, we got to be careful. There are other denominations who don't believe exactly the same thing you do, but they do rally around the shed blood of Jesus Christ. Right? Um, I grew up as a Methodist. Um, I got out of the Methodist, became a Baptist. Especially when I got called to the ministry because the Methodists, the presiding elders know, you know, if I go into church and do good, they'll ship me to California to a church that's bad, hoping I bring it up. I've been here 29 years. I could never be in a Methodist church 29 years. Oh, you, you, am, am I right? They're going, well, this church, this church in, <laughs> this church in Mississippi needs help. So we're going to send you down there to help it. So I, I ain't for that. And, 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 and Church of God in Christ, Pentecostal, Holiness, Apostolic, uh, 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 Seventh-day Adventists, and they, you know, they worship on a Saturday. It doesn't mean they're not saved. They, 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 once they rally around that Jesus died for their sins, that's it. Do, do I have a witness? We all got different doctrines that we struggle with, but what I'm trying to get you to say, the crux of this message is the Word of God. So the the preacher and the pastor, we got to be careful who we put in heaven publicly. You live your eulogy. You live it. We, we shouldn't have to wait for you to die to make something up. You live it. He was a devoted deacon. He was a devoted servant. She was a devoted uh, usher. She had, you live out your eulogy. Um, uh, and, 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 and the word eulogy, eutychus, means to speak well of. It means to speak well of. You say, well, I can't think of anything. Well, you'll, you can find something. Now, let me go back as, before we close on this matter of, and I'm not going through this whole chapter, but the crux of the gospel, verse 10, is by grace. You see that? And then Paul deals with the preaching, 12 and 13. If Christ be preached that he rose from the dead, how is it that some of you are saying that there's no resurrection? He's talking about how Menius and Alexander and all of them, they had these philosophies that the resurrection was already past. But if there's no resurrection of the dead, verse 13, then is Christ not risen? And if Christ be not risen, then is our preaching in vain and our belief system is in vain because everything is built on the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Hmm. And I, I have struggled with this. I've struggled with this because um, <clears throat> I'm out front and open and honest. I'm not trying to make people feel bad, but I'm telling them the truth. Try, just trying to, you know, you know, you run into me, I'll come up to you and say, excuse me, sis, are you saved? Well, I don't know. Yes, you do. Come here, honey. <laughs> do you believe, you know, I don't want that in my life. God bless you. I'll be praying for you. You know, it's just, 
we we uh, and 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 we got to understand that this culture is not even conducive to the to to the militancy of the gospel. There's three temperatures, and we're going to talk about this: hot, cold, and lukewarm. Jesus said, I wish you was hot or cold. Hot denotes you're on fire for the Lord. Cold means you don't care anything. You've you're, you got a lot of apathy. You don't care about the Lord. And lukewarm means you're trying to work it all into one thing. He said, because if you're lukewarm, I'm going to spew you out of my mouth. Now, you know, I'm a coffee drinker. I like hot coffee. Right? You don't like no lukewarm coffee, do you? Or lukewarm hot chocolate. It wasn't intended to drink that way. So when they came out with frozen ice cream, only nuts do that. I mean, hot ice, what, what is it? Uh, ice coffee. That's a contradiction. <laughs> the heck out of here with that. Now this ain't in the Bible. This is Gordonism. Uh, you, you, you know some of you. Uh, the, fact, the fact of the matter is, let's, let's go back and look at I'm going to continue on in this vein, but let's look at the three things I started out with, and that is our personal history, which is a bombshell of reflection. Personal history. Uh, some of the things operating in our lives are historical, right? Now, the word historical means your wife had nothing to do with it. Your husband had nothing to do with it. Your children had nothing to do with it. Your pastor had nothing to do with it. Say amen. You came in here hooked up. So, so the fact of the matter is, is that let's talk about our histories because our histories is what we're fighting through. It's connected, it's interconnected with our habits and, and our hindrances. The history, God says, I'm going to change the history. I, I can't change it from, the, God says, I'm not trying to change it from the perspective of making it disappear. I'm going to take the power and effects of your history and make them non void. Where the buck stops here. Everything that happened to you and I in the past, when the Holy Spirit comes in, he says, uh-uh, that stuff ain't working no more. I, I'm, I'm going to cut the connection between your history and your hurts. I'm bringing a healing to your history. How many of y'all know you need a healing in your history? Come on now. Amen. All right, give me two people real quick. It's five minutes to nine. I got to get home and watch the game, so don't fool with me. Give me, give, me, give me two people to talk about your historical context. Come on, come on. Let's talk about history. Come on, come on. History, history, history. Nobody wants to talk about history? Come on, this is, thank, thank, come on, brother. You got a spanking every day? So you thought you were the worst kid every day. It, 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 it. Absolutely. So it affected your self-esteem. Okay. Thank you for sharing. Thank you for sharing. And that's your wife next to you. She beats you every day, right? <laughs> All right. So, um, no, 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 this is good stuff. Good stuff. So, um, and, we, and we love you, man. We love you. You, you got a beating every day. All right. Who else? Share, share, let's share history. Come on. Yes. Yes, darling. It's hard for you to forgive. 
Oh, that's like 90% of folks. Go ahead. All right, why, is, why do you think it's hard for you to forgive? I can tell you. Because you, you didn't feel loved growing up. When, listen, when parents hold their kids to a level of perfection that's cold, I, I got this thing home, that's why I can say that. They themselves, it's hard for them to forgive others because they've been held and they have not received the love and the da da da. And all of us, how, how many of y'all find it hard to forgive people? Raise your hand. Is that all? Did you raise your hand, brother? Much stuff as you've done and you find it hard to forgive? We, we love you, man. All right, all right. So, so we, do, we do have situations where it's hard for us. Why do you think it's hard for us to forgive? Come on, come on, take a shot. Take a shot. Come on. Why do you think it's hard to forgive? Yes. All right, what about this? I can forgive, but I ain't going to forget. Is that, is, that, is that on the table? Is that true forgiveness? No. What is that? What, what is that? How many of y'all need to forgive somebody tonight? Well, thanks for being honest. Ernie, get the baskets. If you give us $100, we will pray. We will pray. We will pray. Did it ever, uh, did it ever come in that the reason, I said history is reflective. So the reason we, we have a hard time forgiving others, truly forgiving, is because there's something in our reflective lens that's messing us up from liberating and releasing somebody else. Yes. No, I didn't say that. I, I didn't say that. Don't put words in my mouth. I didn't say that. I, I didn't say, cause, no, no, listen, listen, I love you. I have not forgotten anything that happened to me in life. But I have released people from holding them hostage. Are y'all, are y'all getting the difference? I didn't forget. Well, you need to forget that. I ain't forgetting nothing. Thank, thank you. That, yes, sir. Okay. Okay. All right. Okay. That's fair. That's fair. Let's, let's listen. Our history is the sum total of who we are today. Sum total of who we are today. It really is. And it's not all pretty. It's not all pretty. And one of the things that married couples got to work out, they got to reconcile those histories. They got to accept each other. Amen. Accept each other. Forgive each other. Love each other. Build together on each other. You can't. And, 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 and that becomes difficult when I still got issues from my childhood operating. So now that I get married, I come up the aisle, I got a wife, 
and I'm trying to be open and honest and, 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 you know, doing all this for her, but there's something on the inside that won't let me go but so far because it's in a, it's, it's in a reflective mood. So here, 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 here's the last thing. So when we get saved, so Jesus Christ comes in. He knows your downsittings and your uprisings. He knows where you've been, where you're going, what you've been through. He knows how you feel about yourself, how you feel about him, how you really feel about others. He knows all the insecurities. He knows everything. Jesus comes in with truth, and he's able to transform. What does the word transform mean? You change one thing into another. You change a caterpillar into a butterfly. Can I get a witness? You change something. The Holy Spirit is changing something in us, through us, for us, so we can rest in him. Most Christians can't rest because we got too much rambunctiousness going on. You're getting this? So we all got history. We all got habits. Now, I know we got some habits. I, you know, you know, I've, I've been at church, and we something like eating a meal, and I go past the table, and here's a young lady. I said, "Boy, I couldn't be married to that." Boom, that. So she need to be transformed. I ain't fooling with that doc. We understand. Yeah, go ahead, man. No, 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 no. When I say you don't forget, you really can't forget. It's part of you. Forgetting those things that are behind does not mean that you're forgetting the things. You won't give control and power to the things to rule you. And in closing, I saw something on TV. Well, well, no. I was in the store, and they, and they didn't wait on me. You know, I'm sitting there, getting a, and this guy walked up to me and said, he didn't know me from Adam. He said, whatever they do, don't let it control you. I said, wow. And I turned around, looked at him like, it's too late. <laughs> so you don't need to let others have control over you. Can I get a witness? You, you don't need your history to have control over you. You don't need your hurts to have control over you. Through the power of the Holy Spirit and in the name of Jesus, Lord, give me the power, come on now, to not let this thing control me. Let's stand on our feet. Praise, come on, stand up. The game's on. Stand up. Stand up. Praise the Lord. Um, if there's somebody here that needs to be saved, raise your hand. Jesus died for your sins and buried and rose again. We love you. Sunday is the uh, last youth graduation and discipleship. Anybody want to join the church in the Christian experience? There's good stuff here, boy. Father, in the name of Jesus, thank you for your word. And as we leave this place, hinge everything on your word. Your word shall not come back void. Your word is forever settled in heaven. Your word lays out principles, power, O oh God, and...